1: How's it, everybody? Welcome back
2: to the latest episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai.
1: And I'm DJ.
2: We're a little bit sad today, DJ. Oh, don't be sad, Josh. I'm sad. It's DJ's (laughs) last episode as an official co-host of The Command Zone.
1: Let's just be happy because we get more Jimmy in our lives. I am happy
2: that Jimmy's back. I'm not going to lie. But um, you've done an amazing job. The fans have been so, so happy with having you on the show, we get comments about it pretty much constantly. So, you know, this episode, we're going to dedicate to DJ. It's going to be all about him.
1: I got to come up with a, a little bit of uh, some DJ politics going on, which I'm super excited about talking about. So I got to kind of throw together my own custom mishmash of awesome EDH content. Yeah,
2: we asked DJ, excited. we were like, you know, it's your last episode. Or, you know, you've done, I don't, I didn't count them, but it's like, Thirty-ish episodes with us, maybe twenty-five. Is there anything over that time period that you have wanted to talk about but maybe didn't get a chance to? And this is what you chose.
1: Yeah, and I said Mill, and Josh (laughs) said we're not doing an episode on Mill yet.
2: That's not true. (laughs) Although we have talked about doing Mill, we'll have to have you back on as a guest at some point to talk Mill. When
1: when when, when Josh says when Wizards prints a good Mill card, you can talk about Mill, and then I got all sad because he's right.
2: <laughs> uh, before we get into this politics topic, and we're also going to do a bunch of Q&A, a lot of people out there had some questions for DJ that we want to get to, um, but we need to talk about our sponsors, and we have an awesome one. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, you can use that affiliate link to support this show, Game Nights, extra turns, all of our content, and we always say, you're going to order Magic cards and products anyway, if you just use the affiliate link, when you do, you get the added extra value, the gravy thrown in of supporting the content that you enjoy. We super appreciate that. It is the holidays. If you're ordering stuff, you know, gifts for friends and family, first of all, you've waited a long time. You're a little bit behind schedule. You cool. need to get on that. But second of all, that's good because Card Kingdom ships super, super fast. So if you're last-minute gift buyer like I am, like, I'll be honest, I haven't bought like I, I think one gift for my entire family so far. <laughs> are, are you doing better than that?
1: Uh yeah, we we have all of our gifts already. You prepared. have them
2: all though? Yeah, I have them oh, all. Done. I hate you.
1: I uh, I get him I get them done in like early November. I'm like really He's so I'm much really, smarter yeah. than I
2: am. That that <laughs> cements it. Well, if you're like me and you've waited, then the peace of mind that the gift is gonna get there when you know the entity that you're buying from says it will, Card Kingdom has that. They will get it there when they say they're gonna get it there. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And some some products you might want to purchase for friends and family for gifts or for yourself, in anticipation of like cracking that perfect box topper from Ultimate Masters, Ooh. you're gonna to want to put that thing in a protective sleeve. And Ultra Pro, they make the best sleeves on the market. You want to put that thing in an Eclipse sleeve. You want to make sure that all your cards are really protected. Uh, or maybe your friends and family are gonna buy you, you know, like a, an OG Dual Land or something like that. I, I don't have friends that are that good, but if they did, I would put it into <laughs> an Ultra Pro sleeve for sure. And the last way to support our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode (laughs) is dedicated to Jumbo Commander. You felt weird saying it about yourself?
1: Yeah, and also, I don't don't know when this entered into the outline, but I just went down and I was like, okay, He just saw it. Well, it turns out
2: that DJ is a patron of the Command Zone, has been for a long time before We even had you on as a substitute host. And since this episode is all about DJ, DJ, thank you, sir. Thank Thank you for your support. And, you know, of course, thank you for stepping in and filling some big shoes.
1: And I get a you you rock.
2: DJ, you rock. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to talk about, we've called it jumbo politics.
1: Yeah. So... You love politics.
2: Love it. I can't and, believe we
1: haven't talked about it. And this is, we, we mention it. We kind of go back and forth. Um, but you've had some amazing politics episodes. Uh, you've taken inspiration from Machiavelli. And in fact, it's sitting uh, behind us. Somewhere right the there. Prince, the yeah. prince. Yeah. You've used that in terms of some some good source material to talk about politics. You've even talked about the art of war again behind us over there. Uh, and <laughs> Josh has these political <laughs> inspirations that come from just the most conniving and sinister and uh, really just amazing. Pragmatic. I would call it pragmatic. Okay, good, 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 good. good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and you've taken inspiration from that and it's led to some amazing episodes. You should definitely listen to them. But I kind of have a little bit of a different angle toward politics. And so I wanted to talk about that. And I also wanted to get Josh to weigh in a little bit and find out, well, where do jumbo politics fit in? How do we have different levels of politics at a single commander table? And maybe find out how effective they are.
2: If you've watched the most recent episode of Extra Turns, and by the time this has come out, Extra Turns has come out, I think you can see DJ using his politics and his own political style in that episode very effectively. And I have played with you a bunch of times now. DJ definitely has a political side, but he has his own style to it that, again, is very effective and works well. So I'm interested to hear you break it down.
0: Yeah,
1: so the the politics begin with a little bit of a story, uh, and it has to do with how I came into playing Magic. And why magic is kind of like a big part of my life. And I think that that influenced my politics a lot. Uh, so I started playing magic in elementary school. And it's just like anyone else would play. You play with your friends. It's fun. It came out. I think you started when you were pretty young too. I you was 14, it, yeah. Yeah. And it was just a, a fun game to play on the playground.
2: 15. Um, Sorry. Yeah.
1: I'm old. <laughs> and then... I went to middle school and I went from a private elementary school to a public middle school. It was big and I was scared and I didn't have any friends go with me. And so what did I do to like break the ice and try to make new friends at middle school? magic cards
2: yeah it's great gives you like a common thread right it
1: totally does and so i was like a little bit afraid that no one would play but of course i was there and there was like a group of people just playing again no sleeves on the ground magic cards uh near the quad and i brought out my magic cards and suddenly i had an instant friend group Mm -hmm. and they were great they were nice to me. I fit in. They all were kind of friends before because they came from the same elementary school. But I just jumped right in, and suddenly I was just like one of them. I was accepted, even though I played uh, Hypnotic Specter in Sinkholes. St. Uh, but still,
2: and it him, was, to, and him to back then. And Yeah. Him dark to Ritual yeah. into Hypnotic Specter, turn oh, yeah. one. Oh yeah, yeah. Then Cole, you turn two and make you discard but a But they
1: still accepted me. <laughs> People <laughs> didn't know
2: to be mad about that back then. I know, it was just right? like the game. Yeah.
1: Um. And so it just was my way to enter in and really like find my way through middle school, which is not a good time for most people, you know, and, and magic felt really like a lot, like home to me. Okay. And then like all of us do, I was like in and out of magic and stuff like that. And then it came later. I was in my late twenties. I had decided to stop playing World of Warcraft, which is another story in itself We've touched on it before. we've touched, we've touched on that before um, and some of my friends moved away and you know it's kind of hard to make friends when you're when you're kind of an adult and you have work friends, obviously, but you just you don't talk have anything about work. that
2: forces you into uh, proximity to other people like school. yeah, yeah.
1: And like work forces you together, but like those are work friends. I don't want to keep talking it's about work stuff. Yeah. It's different. And so I was like, I really need some some more friends in my life. So what did I do? I'm like, I'm going to take up magic again. I'm going to go to it card like stores. A, con,
2: like concentrated, conscious, like playing. Yes. I like that.
1: Yes. I was like, look, I've always loved magic. It's great. I don't play it because I don't have people to play it with. But also I have this other thing that I don't really have as many friends as I want. And so I just started, yeah, I went to card stores and just started drafting. I've I've always loved drafting and it's one of my first loves. And it was the thing that kind of I was excited about before Commander. And so I would go there and draft.
2: Well, jumping dr- directly into Commander from not playing for a while is not a great idea either. Yeah, Limited right. is great. Draft and sealed are great because you only have to know the 300 or so cards, exactly. not the 20,000. Yeah. And
1: so I got really into Limited and I started meeting awesome people. And then what do people play in between rounds of limited or after limited or before the round starts? Commander. Commander. And so I entered into the mindset of playing commander of, well, my goal isn't to win. My goal is to like make friends, to have good play experiences you know, to like, to really interact with people and like start conversations and stuff like that. And so with that motivation, I really think that that impacted the way I built decks and the way I kept playing commander because I had fun doing it. And you were actually a went passion. to
2: make friends first yeah. and sort of play magic second. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Okay. So how did that influence your origin story of like how you became the political player that you are?
1: Exactly. I think that that, and I think that that shaped a lot of how I play commander. And so some of that is inspired in the politics that I have now. It doesn't mean that I can't pull out, you know, the mean side or something like that, but I think that my go-to politics are a little bit different. And so the first point I have in terms of the jumbo politics is your attitude. And I found that like you bring a positive attitude to the game, it shows and it's infectious and people end up having a good time. And so I always come to the game with like a big smile because we're playing games and it's easy to do because playing commander is awesome. So it's, it's you so should, easy. You should be to playing magic
2: game. for fun. So. I know.
1: Right. But do you know how many people come with like a, I mean in competitive, I see a lot of people come really serious to the table. And sometimes I see people come to commander tables like that too. It's like, I'm being serious, I'm gonna win this game. Totally cool, but that's not the jumbo politics. So I come with a smile, and I think that that helps influence the game a little bit. I actually think that it makes a big change. And then part uh, part of coming with a positive attitude also, I found is that I paid extra attention to learning people's names and using their names. There's actually uh, science tied to this that when you're using people's names, uh, they have a positive uh, outlook on you and they want to please you. Uh, Also, a
2: great way to remember someone's name is to repeat it three times within like the first minute or so. Absolutely. That's a strategy.
1: And do you know what else is good when you're bad at remembering names? You literally write down their name because you're keeping track of life. Oh, there you go. And so you have their name right there and so you can always reference back to it and using their name. Uh, and number one, it gets people tied into the game and it gets people interacting with each other a lot more. And also, you know, I'm going to use your name. You're going to learn my name mm-hmm. and we're going to feel more like a group. And you know what? If you feel like we're growing to be friends, even if it's just for this commander game, you are far less likely to attack me.
2: <laughs> there you go. There's a the pragmatic side. And, and honestly, it is,
1: it is yeah. so true. You might think... That <laughs> honestly, you might think that this attitude doesn't have anything to do with politics. It totally does. If someone, if you like someone else, you are not going to attack them. You're going to uh, do, do things favorably for them. You're not going to counter their spell. And you might think you're being really just and really honest, but it always seeps in. And this actually happens throughout your whole life. You think your teachers are being fair? No, they have favorites.
2: It's just the way it goes.
1: It's just, it's just like. Do you your think, boss? Your, do you think your parents uh, love you and your sister equally? No, there's oh. a favorite.
2: <laughs> oh, 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 he totally went there.
1: <laughs> no, but honestly, like your attitude really does matter. And even in situations where you feel like it shouldn't, where everything should be fair, it's not. Like in work and stuff like that, the people that get liked, get promotions, get special treatment, uh, find opportunities opening up. And this is just true in life. And yeah. sometimes people try to say like, well, no, no, they're trying to be fair. Even when you're trying to be fair, it still happens. And it's all—it's like a scientific phenomenon that this just keeps happening. And it happens at commander tables too.
2: Well, and one of the great things about games and we've always talked about on this show is taking the lessons learned and being able to either apply them to life or taking life lessons and applying them to the game. And this is a really good one because people with good attitudes that people like to be around just tend to, they lean towards you in situations where like if you're choosing like, hey, I'm going to form a team and we got to do something at work. Well, I'm going to choose the people that I like to be around and that have good attitudes rather than not. And so that's just a small example of how it can kind of
1: help you. Absolutely. And then it goes the other way too. So if you come to the table and you are upset, you know, that might actually impact your game and it might make you even more upset. And one thing, one easy thing to avoid doing is complaining. Commander players love to, uh, magic players love to complain. And actually this is one of the things that I found too. It is much easier in life to say that something sucks than to put yourself out there and say that you love something. And so the go-to for many people is to complain about something, yeah. is to find negativity in something. It's like, oh, that thing sucks, you know. But to say you love something means you hold it, you're holding it up, and it's and it puts yourself out there a little bit more. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll find a lot of negativity in a group, and oftentimes it's just because that's easier. It it, it makes yourself less vulnerable. But try to fight against that and don't complain. We know that it's a singleton format. We know there's variance. We know all of these things but so try to find good things in the game and you're going to find out that good things come your way. All right. All right. I only get so many more page flips, so we're going to take, you better super, take advantage of this one. We're going to take super
0: advantage of it.
2: Uh, it was okay. That's pretty good. I'm going to throw it like you in honor of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. In just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: So I've just talked about being nice, you know, having a good attitude, but being nice doesn't mean that you're a pushover. Right. Okay. You need to know how to push. In these kinds of games, and that's where the politics come in a lot more because you have to be authoritative, you have to be able to play the game. And so, how do you push? Well, the first piece of advice I have for you is never threaten. Okay,
2: it's a little controversial.
1: You think so? Yeah. So, never,
2: well, never is always going to be controversial.
1: Yeah, you're right. But I actually think that you have. Uh, well, let's let me break yeah, it down. Yeah, let me break go. it down. Okay. This so, is
2: your episode,
1: so yeah. Threats threats ver- barely rarely ever work. And people love to go against threats. And what do I actually have to hold over you in a game of Commander? It's not like I have your cat in the other room or like, you know um, what I mean? Like With like a knife to its throat. I know, right? It's not like I have taken your pet You've tortoise. You've got the jigsaw you know? like, security camera on it. No, like the worst thing that can happen is you lose a game of Commander. Right. And so if I'm trying to strong arm you, but I have no leverage, my leverage is just the game of commander. Man, people love to go against that. Your leverage isn't good enough to really have threats. Okay, so instead of making threats, instead be threatening, you know, be the threat. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it opens up more conversation. Instead, you might find some techniques to bring people to the table. So let's have this scenario. If I say, uh, Josh, I'm going to kill you unless you do this. Mm -hmm. What's your first reaction? You can kill me? (laughs) Yeah, it might be.
2: Usually it is. Usually it's like, 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 you can kill me. Unless it's obvious. Yeah. Like you've got a 10-10. I'm at 10 and I have no blockers. Does part of you
1: want to think like, like you kind of think, you can kill me? It's kind of like, well, do I I have to? Like, are you? You kind of want to push against that a little bit. Yeah, to me
2: it's like, okay, unless what? Exactly. All right. Well, let's deal.
1: Exactly. Okay. And and in many cases, a lot of people will will push back much heavier than Josh's. Josh's a political guy. He's like, all right, let's start talking.
2: Well, I mean, if you were just going to do it, you wouldn't have asked me the question. So you must be wanting to deal.
1: Exactly. Some people (laughs) will push back pretty heavily and they're just like, do it then. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not a bad play. Which is not a bad play at all. They clearly
2: don't want to just do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said anything to you.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I think one better way to do it is instead sort of invite more political uh, conversation. Instead, I like say, I think the right decision would be to kill Josh in this scenario. Now, as soon as I start saying that, what's your initial reaction?
2: Same thing, because I know what it's you're doing, basically, yeah. to,
1: basically to come out and say like, well, let's make a deal. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be able to bait Josh into saying like, well, what, hang on, what do you want? He'll bring to the table what he can do for me. And there's this position of power for the person that makes the first offer.
2: Yeah, we talked about this a couple episodes ago.
1: So if you can bait out the first offer, then we're at a much better scenario going back and forth. And I'm at a much better political uh, place at the table. Whereas if I threaten Josh, I believe that even though I'm trying to like say my authority, well, the only authority I really have is killing him in this game. It's not that's not enough to hold over his head, and uh, he might he might not be able to come in with just as much.
2: You'll notice this if you ever go to like buy a car; they'll always try and get you to like name a number, right? They'll be like, "Oh yeah, well, what do you want to pay for this thing? Like, what do you want your monthly payment to be?" They want you to set because if you set it too high, now they're working from a great point. If you set it too low, they'll just counter you and get you to where they want you to. But they have the opp- they're giving you the opportunity to massively screw up. Mm-hmm. By the way, if they ever ask you that, lowball like crazy. If the car is fifty thousand dollars, be like, ah, I'd really like to spend thirty two on this thing. They're going to be like, whoa, that's impossible. Okay, well then, what do you offer? Then you put the ball in their court. Yeah, from the maybe same this end.
1: maybe this car is in the right car for me. What do you What are you yeah. going to say? Yeah. What's, Exactly. But if you say something like, I'd like to pay 48,
2: they're like, done, sign the paper, get out of here because (laughs) you got screwed. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. And so giving Josh or making Josh have the opportunity to come to me first uh, is advantageous for me. Yeah. It gives me more leverage in this political situation. And so one other thing that's important is that if you ever find yourself in an argument, odds are that you're not in the right spot. You should know going in that if you're arguing, you're not going to get what you want out of the argument, uh, and that should. And sometimes it's nice to argue, and sometimes there's like fake arguing that you guys have that's sometimes fun too, but you're never going to get what you want out of the argument. So the best thing to do is honestly just avoid it. Not only does that give you give you more options later on, but it also goes back to my first idea of attitude. You don't want to make sure to keep the tone of the game. Uh, in a specific po- place. Have you ever have you ever been in a real argument at the commander table and had something positive come out of it?
2: I haven't been in a lot of real arguments at the commander table. No,
1: I and honestly I don't either. A lot of the times when you end up with a real argument at the commander table, you, you don't play commander with them very often.
2: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you just
1: don't invite
2: that person anymore. Yeah. I've had fun arguments where it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, I've had
1: fun argument fun arguments yeah. too. That's a different that's a different dynamic. But you just if you ever get across from someone and there's a real argument going on like, you're never going to convince them to come over to your side in the middle of a commander game. Right. It's just not going to happen. And so avoiding the argument or getting around it in some way is the only other option to get what you want. Sometimes you're going to end up getting into arguments or, or back and forth. And when you're wrong, you want to be able to admit it and honestly mean it. And that can repair relationships or repair minor slights. And so I could go to Josh and say, Josh, I, I was wrong. You are not the threat you know, clearly Jimmy is the threat. Uh, if I'm honest in saying that, you know what, you weren't the threat, Josh immediately is going to think like, oh, okay, and he's going to he's gonna like me more and I can repair some of the damage that I did before. And in doing so, I might funnel him towards my enemy, uh, which might not even be the bigger threat.
2: Right. Especially if you're the threat and you say that.
1: Yeah, I might be the threat <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I'm sorry, it's not, clearly Jimmy's the threat. And then, I'll show you an act of goodwill by then aiming at Jimmy. And in many situations, Josh might go at Jimmy too. And so that's a positive way to sort of swing Josh's opinion uh, because he appreciated that apology. He appreciated the honesty right there.
2: It's like using someone's name. It gives him a little reason to like be on your team.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah. It Jedi mind tricks him a little.
1: But I mean, here's the thing: if you're honest about it, if you're like, you know what, I actually shouldn't have killed that. Like, I should have waited. Jimmy put out a doubling season, and that's like clearly the the threat. Josh will feel vindict. He's like, yeah, you're right. You did screw up, and then you know, it's not like he's super angry at me anymore.
2: Well, that's a great thing about politics. They don't know if you're on, when you're being honest and when you're not. I'm being honest every single time. That's
1: not true. You just said I'm being honest. <laughs> what if it's not actually the biggest threat? That's every dishonesty. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's kind of that's kind of the way to push a little bit mm. you know because so it's like you are you're kind of manipulating people not manipulating i shouldn't use these words you're
2: in the game i think manipulation is fine right in real life it's totally different yeah okay. but i look that's at fine. it the same way i look at when i'm dealing with the used car salesman or the new car salesman.
1: So wait, am I the we're am play- I the am I the car salesman in this scenario? We're playing scenario? a game, and the game That's involves yeah, negotiation.
2: Game. I like that. And the negotiation has to be cutthroat by nature because if I think that the car salesman is my friend and being honest, then I'm going to get screwed. That's just. I'm going to pay more than I have to.
1: By the way, one good thing is that honestly, sometimes you don't even have to like play the game. If you are just nice and just say like, you know what? It's right. I shouldn't have attacked you. Then a lot of times you don't even have to think about politics. It just naturally works in your favor and you can stumble into awesome board states. True, true.
2: Yeah. I mean, sometimes that works, but sometimes you got to be pragmatic. Sometimes, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> All right. Next category is, I think it's really important to uh, create opportunities for conversation. And in doing so, you create opportunities for politics as well. So there are a few ways that you can create sort of uh, uh, these conversations. And one of them is show honest appreciation when someone does something cool. This is, I think, a thing that we don't do enough. People love their commander decks. They love putting so much effort. I love putting stuff into my commander decks. And when someone says, that's a good play, even if it's just an off... I swell with joy. I'm like, yes, thank you. I love it so much. And it just makes the game so much better when other people look and see what you're doing and they're like, that's awesome. Or like, "What? that is a great card. And it generally just gives you a good feeling and it really changes the mood of the game. And it also opens up the table for other people to sort of have these conversations. See the opposite, if you ever criticize someone's play, you're like, that wasn't the right play. Or you say, you should have done this or something like that. Do you wanna talk? Do you wanna open open up and have more conversations? Yeah, that's a good point. No, it closes things down. It closes down the conversation. It makes the table hostile and no one wants to put themselves out there. No one wants to have those conversations. And so if you're the one speaking up and promote positivity... Then other people speak up, and then it opens up the table to politics. People need to be talking for politics, and if people are worried about being criticized or called stupid or anything like that, then they're just going to be quiet and play their game. And I think this game needs to have the multiplayer dynamic of conversation to be fun.
2: Yeah, if you ever play a game where everyone's kind of silent, it's not really. It's it doesn't weird, feel like a it? and it's not any fun. It just yeah. it may as well be draft or limited, where you're just kind of trying to kill them as fast as possible. You lose the the magic of what makes commander, you know, what it is. I it's, know, right. Oh, yeah. continue, continue. Oh, okay. I was going to interject, but I think it's for the end. Okay. For it's for the, interject. for the end,
1: for yeah. the end to interject. Okay. Uh, here's another thing. Helping others can often help yourself. In fact, if I have a guaranteed ally, some cards in magic become insane. Uh, just imagine if you have an instant speed, draw three cards in red yep. with with jump start.
2: Yeah.
1: It's that's, per, yeah. That's one of the best cards in red ever printed. Yeah, so if you can
2: just convince someone to give you the three cards every time. If
1: you have an ally, like you turn some mediocre cards into the best cards in magic. Uh, just imagine the hunted cycle. Yeah. The hunted cycle gives you an amazingly costed creature at the downside of giving your opponent something. But if you can guarantee that those creatures never go at you then you have one of the most amazing deals in Magic. Same thing with the offerings, like Sylvan offering. You know, uh, it's uh, X and a green, and you can make an XX big creature and X one one small creatures. It's a pretty good deal, but that has to go to an opponent as well.
2: Well, up to two different opponents. Up to two
1: different opponents, you can separate them out.
2: Or you can do the same. So let's say X is equal to five. You're gonna get five one ones and a five five. And then you can give DJ five one ones and Jimmy a five five. Or you could say, Well, DJ, you can have five one ones and the five five. Yeah. You uh, in Game Night's one episode, um, I convinced Josh Kim to give me both.
1: <laughs> Didn't <laughs> Jimmy get a little bit salty in that Jimmy episode? Got pretty
2: salty about that. He's <laughs> <It was> great.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing: if you can guarantee that those never get pointed at you that are only being used against your enemy. That card is crazy. There's so many cards like this in Magic. And so, if you can negotiate an ally, if you can figure out an ally, then suddenly you have access to cards that, number one, most people think are bad, you know, but you can turn them into something that is amazing and over the top great.
2: Yeah, I like it. It changes the value of cards based on how you know you're going to play, which is politically.
1: Oh yeah. Other ones that I like a lot, uh Manifold Insights. Oh see Which Josh does this one. See, Josh doesn't play it because it's not that good. What Manif- is it? Manifold insights is two and a blue, and you get to reveal the top ten cards of your library, and each opponent gets to pick one to go into your hand.
2: Oh, so you get the four uh, you get three ostensibly cards. ostensibly the so. three worst cards out of the top ten. Yeah. One. Yeah. but If one of them is going to be the best card out of the top 10.
1: Exactly. Or one of them is the card that you need out of the top right. 10. Then suddenly that becomes really good. Guided Passage is uh, green, blue, red for an amazing tutor. Basically, I give you the deck and you get me a creature, a land, and a non-creature, non-land.
2: Oh, interesting. I, I can see how both of those cards would be good, assuming you're behind also and there's a big threat. Because in that case, you could be like, listen, we need a board wipe.
1: If you don't have a friend, then these cards have a, have a pretty nice floor. You know what I yeah. mean? Your deck, hopefully your deck doesn't have any stinkers in it. You're like, well, those are three horrible cards that I just got. But if you have three mana and you get a land, you know, your worst creature and your worst spell. In,
2: it's still three cards.
1: If you're thinking about that in your commander deck, that might not be that bad. A yeah. land, a ramp spell, you know, and, you know, a middling creature, a value creature.
2: Well, and also, you know, a, you know, Mel's idea of what is the worst creature in my deck is going to be different than what Jimmy's idea based on, she's playing an artifact deck. Yeah. And, you know, he's playing something else. And so to her, she's like, well, I'm definitely not giving Acidic Slime, but I'll give this. And Jimmy's like, no, because that's a graveyard hoser. That's Kalidas or something. And, and now, she
1: would do that, right? And right. you could say to her, Get the graveyard hoser. It works against Jimmy. Yeah, it doesn't and do anything to you. That opens up the table for politics right. too because these cards aren't just great uh, when you have an ally. They open up the opportunity to create allies.
2: Right. Yeah, to now have you're the de facto conversation. with her the next time you do something. Yeah. At least a little bit, yeah.
1: So like Tempted, uh, the, the all of these kinds of amazing cycles that they've produced in Commander, I have latched onto because they're fun to play, but they also... Create a new dynamic at the table that's that's really positive. I feel. All right. One other thing that I want to say about this is that I think that that these are these targeted hugs. Right. Are way better than group hugs.
2: Yeah. You. It's. You said group hugs. Group hug isn't as effective. The little group hug hate here.
1: I, I actually I think that just hugging everyone it's nice and all, but I don't think it's effective at all. You if you get a gift all the time, you don't consider it a gift anymore. It becomes expected. It takes the value away from it.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Group hug decks are, they sit in an interesting place.
1: And they can do their own, they can totally do their own thing, but they're not doing the political thing because there's no selection to it. There's no consciousness to it. It
2: depends on the group hug deck. Sometimes they're more targeted. And so they can, they have, I think the good, the better ones have the opportunity to be like, well, I can give this to you.
1: Absolutely. that's yeah. what I mean. You want to hug an individual. you don't just want to throw your hugs around right. r- willy-nilly. Do you ever have a friend where that like always always compliments everyone?
2: Yeah, then the compliments mean nothing.
1: And it's not I, I still like them. Right. I'm still happy when they compliment me, but it's different. You know what I mean?
2: One of my favorite books is a book called Making Movies. It's by a director named Sidney who who is a great uh, director. He passed away now. But he had this interesting sentence when he was directing movies. he said, I have to be real careful with my compliments. I'll dole them out very stingily because otherwise they're worth nothing. But they are of value when I do use them because sometimes I need the actor to have confidence or I need certain reactions. And so I have to be careful not to say great job all the time because then when I really need that reaction, you know, I'm not going to get it because I've said it 50 times in a row and they're now, you know, sort of they're numb to it. People have Obviously, that idea in I badly culture, paraphrased yeah. what he said, but that's the idea. But this
1: extends to everyone. People talk about the the participation trophy culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like everyone is special. Everything if everybody gets straight. a
2: trophy, then nobody gets a trophy. Exactly. Kind of
1: yeah. And so, you know. Man,
2: now we sound like old men.
1: No, we sound like well, if everyone's if everyone's special, then no one is. That's from the Incredibles. Right, right. It's right. <laughs> Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, I believe that. And so if you are going to hug everyone, make sure that you take more advantage of that hug. Uh, mana Flare, for example, where you can use that mana and other people just can't. Right. Howling Mine, you can deploy those cards and other people have them stuck in their hands. And so if you do hug everyone, hug the right way.
2: Okay. So, Josh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those are
1: my those are my strategies. Those are my approaches. What do you think? How different is this from the way that you play Magic? What's your take?
2: Well, it's funny. There's two things I would say because you know you started off this whole thing by talking about Machiavelli, Art of War. Those have certain reputations. Mm. They're pragmatic. They're you know Machiavellian is a. (laughs) Just a term that it's permeates our culture. It's an adjective yeah, that means, that, and life. it doesn't. It doesn't mean nice, right? It's not. You don't apply that to people you think are nice. However, the pragmatic view, and the funny thing is, all the things you said, or at least many of them, are things I I have said in those episodes to do. Mm-hmm. The difference is, you keep saying the word honestly, whereas I have the pragmatic view of purposefully. Sometimes it's honest. They made a really cool play, and you do think it's cool, and you Mm. say, that's a cool play. Sometimes you say, if I say that's a cool play right now, that person's going to be more inclined to like me and not use whatever they're doing against me. I'm going to say, cool play. That's the pragmatic usage, the Machiavellian usage. Do you think
1: that people can see through that? Sometimes.
2: You just have to be Mm. careful. But I think you do it, too. I've seen you do it, where you'll make an agreement knowing there's a piece of information that you're withholding there's a direction you want them to go that they because they can't see the forest through the trees right now you have something else up your sleeve that's manipulation that's Machiavellian that's part of the game I think that like a lot of these situations I would in many of our politics and politics episode or politics and Politrix, um I said to do similar things I'm just saying be conscious about it and one thing I would say, and I think if you watch Game Night's Extra Turns, you'll notice about me is I don't use the tricks that often.
1: No, you don't. If you use it too often, then they it's lose the their It's the same thing about the
2: compliments and everything else. And so I actually am rarely salty in a game. Very rarely salty mm-hmm. in a game. I'm very like, oh, are we dead? Like, okay, oh, crap. that uh, That's pretty bad. But in a fun way, it's not like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm not a negative person at the table at all because I agree with you. The negative person... But again, from the pragmatic side, is liable to be like, because I'll do this. I'll, I've will i been in games with people where I'm like, that person is grumpy and I don't really like it. So you know what I can do about it? Kill them. <laughs> because I can get them off the table and then I'm not dealing with the grumpy grump. So I don't want to be the grumpy person because I don't want the other players to have that feeling against me. But I'm coming at it from the pragmatic standpoint of mm-hmm. like, you know, and but you're saying do the same thing that I'm saying.
1: Yeah, kinda. One thing that Machiavelli said was like it's better to be feared than loved. Yes. And I think in magic, when they're when it's very difficult to be feared, it's way better to be loved than feared.
2: See, I hmm, it's interesting. Because what, the grumpy person is annoying. I'm not scared of them. No, you're right. But the feared player, the really good player, it can be bad in, in magic, but I think like I'm a player that like in my play group, and Jimmy will say stuff like, "Every I know if I destroy this with Josh, he's just gonna come at me with everything," hmm. and he has to factor it in. And I believe that that's a big factor if, when you play with the same people over and over. In like some of the time, Jimmy's just like, "I just don't want to," you know. He's gonna he's gonna have something. And he's going to take it out on me whether it's his best if I do this. And sometimes he'll just decide not to do things because of that. He'll point Ooh, okay. it at somebody else. And that's... I'm using Jimmy as an example for anybody. If you have a reputation for, like, I'm not a pushover, that can be good for you. And that's a, that's a level of fear, right? Fear within the game. I don't mean, like, fear... Oh, like no, like, fear... Josh is going to go nuclear and flip the table and, you know, that that's a different kind of fear. That's, like, unhealthy. I just mean fear of, like, in-game retribution, you know... They will have built their deck in a way that it can reach out and harm me, and do I want those that coming at me, or do I want to wait till a better time?
1: So fear fear the deck more so is what you're thinking. And like, you fear the player, like right? Deck like is there are
0: certain
2: like players that. that you sit down and you're like, I can do things to them, and I and they know, won't do
1: anything back to me.
2: Yeah, they're not going to take it personally. They're not going to you know they're not going to hold me accountable for it. In which case, I may as well, because the downside of that's pretty small. But whereas if and Jimmy has the same thing, right? If I do something to Jimmy, I know like he's gonna remember it and he's gonna be looking for a chance to even the score, or you know, or get it on his side. Like not just even it, but we're talking disproportionate response. Like he's that's how <laughs> Jimmy's, it is. Jimmy's
1: an over the top. He's well, like... <laughs> I am too. I,
2: I'm a disproportionate response person. Like I want you, to, I want to set that precedent because I believe that the the fear, quote unquote. But that doesn't mean I'm a person you don't want to sit down and play with because I'm a jolly
1: type of player where I'm like I he's mean, he's jolly but brings the pain
2: right I'm gonna like be like ah you know I gotta blow up your whole board sorry but remember <laughs> you did that thing this is what you get but it's like you say it with a with a smile you don't be, you're not like mad about it it's within the no, game no yeah, yeah.
1: I, I agree that your approach of being being mad about it is, is not okay do you think that some people uh, target you a little bit more than others maybe at Grand Prix or something like that well
2: that definitely happens but because, did that happen you to
1: have, you at this m- most recent Grand Prix no weird i don't get i don't get it's weird. jimmy and
2: i both get killed first every time uh but i think that a lot of that just has to do with like
1: but do you think that's your persona that they know you're a good player they know your deck is is yeah, like maybe, that and they want to i want to take you down
2: regardless of whether good player label was applied to me like i'm the command zone game nights guy like you want to be able to say oh yeah i got into a game and I, oh yeah i killed him next time you're watching the thing i, I knocked him out i comboed him out i Got them with commander damage. People really want to be able to say that because I've come out and (laughs) said, I don't think commander damage is good. So that gives them a big incentive to come at me with commander damage, which works in my advantage because commander damage is really bad. And every time they try and do it, that ups my chance to win, not lowers it. Bring it. But yes, I mean, I, I just thought it was funny while you were going through your list that I agree with a lot of it and I would just take out all of your honestly reasoning and be like, <laughs> yes, do all the things he's saying. Just but the just the reasoning... really hold inside of you, this this evil intent. No, no, you can is all I'm saying. It can be honest. It's
1: true. You're right, you're right, you're right. But
2: sometimes it's not. And that's what makes it kind of fun too is you get to sort of consciously be like, okay, I'm going to try and manipulate my way out of this because that's my best chance to win here. But sometimes that is a really cool play and I'm just going to tell them, that is a sweet. So we
1: have genuinely, genuinely nice people in our audience that are like, "All right, this feels good. I can play my play style." And then we have Josh people in the audience that are like, "Good, good." <laughs> yes, be nice all the time. I will pretend to be nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I liked it. I'm, I'm sad that we didn't get into politics, <clears throat> maybe for an entire episode. But you know, DJ can always come back on the show, open invite. So I'm sure we'll have it happen more than once in the future. He's right around the corner, so I guess it's a little farther than around the corner. That's not how Ellie works, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go into the Q&A portion of the episode. We asked on Twitter, we asked our patrons for questions for DJ, you know, just kind of as a farewell, some stuff that maybe they wanted to know about you that they haven't found out in the course of 25, 30 episodes or whatever it's been. So here we go. I want to say the questions are not direct quotes. A lot of them I have altered slightly for clarity or length because some of you people, you just need to learn, like, get to the point.
1: And some people actually ask similar questions. So, Josh should kind of combo them together a little bit. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Number one this is from at Commander Live on Twitter. What is the one piece of advice you would give to aspiring content creators?
1: Uh, my piece of advice is to make sure that your measurement for success is what you want to do, not in likes, not in subscribers, not in AdSense or followers or anything like that. Or how
2: much money you're going to make.
1: None of that. It's, it's your own, your own achievement for making something that you want to make. And this can be applied to anything too, because not a lot of you are probably aspiring content creators, but if you're doing anything, don't let someone else dictate what is a successful for you. Be your own measure for success. Uh, And you're going to find out that you're way happier in the meantime because you're doing what you set out to achieve. You can be like, you can set your goals super, super high, you know, but don't let other people tell you when you did a good job or not. Just do what you set out to do. That's what in society that happens a lot. It's like, well, how much money you made? That's how successful you are. And a lot of people that are the happiest, they're like, I'm doing what I want to do or I made the thing I wanted, wanted to make, um, just the people that win the championship game aren't the only people that are happy. Some people that just had a good season are feeling good about just themselves. Just made it in the league. Yeah. yeah, and and they feel good. And that is the best recipe for success that I can tell you.
2: All right, question number two. If you could unban something in EDH, what would it be? This is from Anti-Jank Master on Patreon.
1: Uh, so my go-to would be like Coalition Victory or BioWrhythm, but actually no. Uh, I kind of want unmanned or cards unbanned. Oh. They're they're not that good and they're awesome.
2: He means silver bordered cards, so from the unset sets. Um how do you do that in a way cuz you don't want all of them in, right?
1: I don't want Spike uh, yeah. tournament grinder in. I mean there's a
2: whole bunch that we probably I don't want people to have to go get me drinks or, or like, You could just
1: do that by you could just do the legendary creatures only. That's what I would do. The legendary silver bordered creatures. Besides Spike Tournament Grinder?
2: Just from Unstable or all of them?
1: There are a few from previous sets, and I think that those might be dangerous. So just the most recent ones, I think were properly balanced.
2: They just would have put a little logo. I, I, I said this, that said, you know, if it has this logo, it's legal in Commander. They could have cherry picked a few, and they were, there were some great ones. There were some
1: really yeah. good ones, and ones that are not like broken at all. Yeah, so that's what I would unban.
2: I like that one. All right, number three, this is from the Platypus, plaid spelled P-L-A-I-D, 86. This must be someone from the Pacific Northwest. What are your least favorite moments from your run on the command zone? Is there anything that's stuck in your craw? Uh,
1: They could be a Scottish-Australian.
2: True, 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 Scottish people.
1: Scottish, yeah. They like plaid, too. Yeah, they do, yeah. Okay. Mother of runes! you know how to do it that's right that's right I should have read it hold on let me reread it oh my gosh go go
2: (laughs) DJ what are your least favorite moments from your run on the command zone anything stuck in your craw
1: that Uh, was just
2: horrible that was bad (laughs) that was very bad just go Uh,
1: the thing that that, like that I least liked was things in the comments because like I would read through the comments Mm. and it would be like we love you DJ and I'd be like yes I want to respond to this and you're like you're way better than Jimmy and I'm like "Uh, what why'd you have to make it mean yeah, I didn't, or, or like, I like you more than Jimmy or even vice versa. It's like, you know, compared to Jimmy, like you're the worst and I don't like, I don't want it to be a competition. I love Jimmy. And so even though I really liked the positivity that was in there, um, uh, I didn't like the, the, the comparisons with me and Jimmy all the time.
2: It's not a competition between Demi, Demi, Dimmy. That's your name now. D Jimmy. We're, we're, we're a
1: couple now. Be- between D- D- Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> it's either jimmy J
2: or dimmy so sorry it's dimmy it's not a competition (laughs) between the two of them it's uh it's nothing but love we'll have to do an episode with the two of you and then that will mean i get to take a break so i'm happy about that i like that all right number four is from at uh niche savant on twitter what was your favorite part of being a host on the command zone so the inverse of the last question
1: yeah um it was actually very similar because i mentioned the comments it's literally legitimately it's the people it's new people coming to me and say, I found you on the command zone. And the people that I meet in real life, I just went to GP Portland and met so many amazing people, people following me on Twitter and tweeting me. It's interacting with all of you. And that's been really, really re- rewarding. Josh is fine too.
2: <laughs> oh, I pulled a DJ. How <laughs> ironic. How apt. Okay. Okay. Question number five. If you were to start your collection over from scratch, who are the first three commanders you would build decks around? This is from at Jake
1: Boss MTG. What's up, Jake? So, this is something that that maybe people are like if you lost your collection or if something happened. Uh, I'm a brewer, and so I wouldn't look back and make something, remake something, or just oh, you would make something you never made before. I'd make something I never made before. So, and I actually think that's the right way to do it. So, uh, I would make. Uh, Marieke the, Riberit. That's Rebarit, Yeah. I don't have no idea how you say it. Uh, I yeah. But I would the probably need... I would probably need... Yeah, stuff. it's, it's uh, um, Esper Steel Stuff. Yeah. And then Untappy Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun because I like Untappy Shenanigans. Uh, and then Krav and Regna, the uh, Battle Bond yeah, partners. Yeah, the black and white? Yeah. Or Will and Rowan, but I'm thinking like, Krav and Regna would be good because I've really liked Battle Bond and those partners seem really cool. So I like that. And then uh, Garna, the, the red and black... Flamed? Yeah, the red, black. Uh,
2: is that the dredge one where like you returned your hand any cards that went to the graveyard from anywhere this turn? Yeah, Oh, that card is sweet, actually. Yeah. Ultimate and Masters. Reprinting Ultimate
1: Masters. And so I'm, I was thinking about a deck tech from it, and I haven't seen it at all anywhere. And I'm like, this is really cool. So those I firmly believe in brewing and going forward and building new stuff. So I wouldn't look back. i just plow forward and keep making new stuff.
2: All right, well, we already answered this one, but I'll ask it, but we already know the answer. So anyway, I don't know if I've ever heard his Commander origin story. So DJ, how did you first find Commander?
1: That's right. If- Started playing limited and realized that other people are playing Commander and I just wanted some friends. So I had, to make, I had to make a Commander deck. That
2: is so wholesome and cute. Okay, number seven. Did being on the command zone change the way you build decks? Have you tried Vidalkan Orrery? This is from <laughs>
1: Imi U- Ura. So yeah, I added Burnished Heart to many decks. I added, so in my Mono Blue Brage deck, I added Burnished Heart, Solemn Simulacrum in a Mono Blue deck. I've always liked Wayfarer's Bauble, but- I was just gonna say, I've
2: added all three of those to a bunch of decks since the- Yeah, but I've
1: made sure that it's been an include in other decks that don't have it. And I did a lot of testing and I've enjoyed, I've noticed some limited advantage when I've played them and I've enjoyed playing them. Uh, Vidalkan Orrery, I legitimately think it's an amazing card, and I really wish I really wish that I had opinions otherwise, because Josh and I could battle about it. I was we even talked about it. I'm like, Josh, should I like try to challenge you off screen about the He's like, do you actually think that? I'm like, no, I think it's great.
2: Yeah, because I've seen you play it in a lot of decks, and I was like, but you like it, right? And he's like, yeah. I, I was like, no, really- you can't misrepresent,
1: you know, your opinion. So I I I honestly think it's quite good.
2: I get messages constantly from people who think it's bad. Who was I playing with? Adam Savadan? I told him we were playing... Uh, every time people come into town for game nights, we... You, I think you were there. Yeah. We um, gathered them up with our group, and we play some Commander games and have a fun night the night before we record, just to get a rapport going. Sometimes we don't know them as well, although Adam's a friend. I've played Magic with him many times. But he got in... You know, he was borrowing one of my Commander decks, and he got a Vidalcan Orrery out, and he was just like, T- man... Vedalkenor, this is the best. Like, and I was like, can you believe that I get messages every single day from people telling me that that card's bad? And he's like, who are these
1: people? Uh, these people Josh <laughs> and message Josh on Twitter me even right more. Now. Okay, uh, but no, I I think Vedalkenor is quite good, and I play it in a lot of my decks. Ba-ching! I don't I don't play it, it in down. every deck, but I play it in a lot of decks.
2: All right, number eight. How do you feel about targeting one player and defeating them early? I hate the feel bads of them having to wait. For sometimes over an hour, while the three remaining players have an engaging game, do you consider this while deciding your plays? And this is from at question mark four.
1: I feel fine about it, and I think that person should die. But the follow-up is, do I consider it in my plays? Yes, I still actually, it. I can't help it, but I do spread the damage around in the beginning.
2: I strongly believe that spreading the damage around actually causes them to spread the damage around in the long term and follow your lead, and it allows me to stay in games where I would be that player that was knocked out, and so that it does come back to help me eventually.
1: I'm going to agree with what Josh said, and that's going to be my new opinion, because it's smart.
2: That's the Machiavellian pragmatic opinion. I like that. Okay, number nine. With such a famously large collection of decks, how do you choose which ones to play? This is from at its Tronbon.
1: Uh, badly i choose very poorly on what decks to play <laughs> what does I that have mean? Decks, i have decks that i haven't played in two years and i need to like i just need to make it into something else or retire it or something like that but in all honesty i i keep myself to four decks i only bring four decks wherever i go go to a store for instance to, to portland gp portland you just went what I only what brought four decks i i brought let me
2: guess braids akiri timna uh karn silver golem Nope. Mm, okay,
1: go ahead. You're not gonna you're no. not gonna get the other two. Uh so you're right. Braids, mono blue braids, because some people want to play that deck and it's kind of expected in sometimes, and it's a fun deck to play. Uh, and then one that is a little bit too similar to that, but I have an Okagachi vengeful Kami only uh, politics deck. That's
2: cool.
1: Everything everything in that deck uh gives you something or takes something from an individual. So like uh my removal spell is a beast within. Here have a beast. You know? <laughs> My, <laughs> my my counter spell is oh have a bird or draw two cards and I'll draw one like okay. I'm always giving someone this something to someone. <laughs> okay. Uh, and vengeful Kami with uh, a salt suit is the most oh, hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome thing in the world. So it's all about politics. Everything is about giving something to someone or taking something away from one player, stuff like that. Okay, so that's two. That's two. Uh, you, Timna were right, you were right. You're right. Tim and Akari. Yeah. Uh, mostly because well, I'll get into that. I, that's how, why I picked that. And then the last one was my Hazazon Tamar. Uh, yes. Uh, big mana tokens deck.
2: A uh, Deck I've seen a few times
1: too. Yeah. So the reasons why I picked those is because they have varying levels of of um, power and that's really important. I want to be able to pull a deck out that matches the power of the table. They also have distinctly different play styles. Uh, One of them being like really aggressive with a combo back. The other one really interactive. The other one is this just like big mana stompy crush stuff. And so I like being able to switch it up and have different types of things to play. But then comes the other side where it's like, look, if I'm tweaking a deck, if I'm actively adding a new card to it, I'm gonna wanna play it.
2: Yeah, you wanna see if that works or
1: and because of extra turns, I recently just kinda like tweaked a little bit in the Akiri Lineslinger and Tim to the Weaver deck. So I was like, Do you know what I wanna I wanna see that go a little bit more and keep tweaking it?
2: All right. Number ten is a really hard hitting question. What is your favorite pizza?
1: This is a very critical question. <laughs> so and I have two and I have two answers to it. I'm gonna right, go into this, go. okay? So when I was young, my and I and I ate bad pizza, yeah, my favorite toppings were pepperoni pineapple and jalapenos. Okay. That sounds good. There's going to be people that hate me for that. All right. But I like, dude, it was salty and sweet and spicy. And oh my gosh, so good. But now I, I haven't gotten that in a long time. Now it's all about the dough and the crust. Ah. And so I want the pie to be as simple as possible, but the dough needs to be good. It needs to be a little bit crisp, a little bit burnt and chewy and have texture when you bite into it. And so by its nature, I want like light sauce, you know, mozzarella, basil. and But I need that crust to be just perfect.
2: What toppings though?
1: No, that's it. Like as Cheese simple, literally basil? as simple as possible. So oh, wow. like, like a margarita yeah. pizza where it's yeah. just like, like just crushed tomatoes, uh, mozzarella cheese and like basil is beautiful. If the crust matches it and you could go simple in another direction too. I could just take olive oil and like um, like mushrooms and you know, Parmesan and truffles or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I if like anything cr- with truffles, but if the crust is good, then I will love that pizza.
2: It's all about the crust. Okay. Number 11, which magic, the gathering product other than sleeves and commander pre cons, do you recommend to any commander player experienced or not? This is from at BeatFox141.
1: So I kind of dodged a little bit because what I really want to answer is I think people should have a cube of some sort.
2: Mm, But that's not a product.
1: I know. That's why I dodged it. So so I'm going to take a step back. So I'm going to say what I really want people to say is get some sort of cube, get a set of cards that you can just bust out with anyone and just start playing magic. Mm-hmm. A battle, I love battle boxes. I love things that you can easily set up and play against. It's a
2: self-contained and nobody else had to have brought anything. You brought everything. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And there's so much, there's so much style and, and things that you can bring to it. You can cultivate your own play style and, and it's super complicated to balance. I love that stuff. But if you actually want a real product, pre pre-release, pre-release kits.
2: Yeah.
1: Pre-release kits are awesome. I love just busting out a pre-release kit, even if it's like an old one that, you know, the cards aren't worth anything anymore. Bust it out. Make something new. Battle against a friend.
2: Cool. All right, number 12. Where do you see Commander going in the next year? Five years. What would you like to see in Commander 2019?
1: I think Commander's doing really well. And I think that uh Watsy knows this and they're giving us more toys than ever. And I think the commander is going to be even better. More people are going to play. You we're going to notice that there's people finding ways to play commander in their own ways. CDH will, will, you know, grow a little bit as the big bulk of commander grows a little bit and more people find more ways to play, play the game. And that's good because more people playing our format is way better. So I see an upward trend. And more recently in commander 2019, I think I want to see more political cards because I like those, but I'm pretty sure they're going to do that anyways. They
2: tend to always do a cycle or two. Yeah. You know
1: what? I said this before. I'm going to say it again. I want the return of partner.
2: Mm. That's a good uh, Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Because the partners are sweet. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't touch on it at all, but this is slightly related. The big announcement about $10 million worth of prize pool for uh, next right? year uh, combined tabletop and arena, a lot of the details we don't know at this moment, but that feels like it's going to push a ton of people into just magic in general arena's going to bring in a ton of new players. Um, You know, one of the cycles we see is that commander falls somewhere on the spectrum. People get into competitive play and then they find commander and they find that, you know, they like the casual side of the format or it goes the other way. But I think it's fair to say that the success of arena, the fact that magic is spending a lot of money on pushing the marketing of the game in any aspect is going to be big for Commander, and Commander's probably got a lot of room to grow, a lot of runway.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I know a lot of people from Commander that started off playing Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yeah, and Arena is better than Duels.
2: Way better. It's just
1: better. It's just better than Duels, and so people are going to uh, jump into this game and then find the entire world of Magic, and you're going to have so many more people to play against.
2: All right, question number thirteen what does the near future look like for your content creation with and without the command zone at George Spurgeon?
1: Uh, I'm going to like clean my garage, do some laundry. (laughs) I'm just going to take a little, I'm going to put up Christmas lights now and you know, no, Uh, but literally I am kind of excited for, for Christmas time. I I have been working way too hard and, and I need to, I mean, for those that don't
2: know, like DJ has a full-time job. He has his own channel he's been doing the podcast
1: and um, I also have a, a wife that works a lot and a young I take child. care of my, and I take care of my daughter yeah in the afternoon so, so yeah.
2: yeah you've been you've been busy.
1: I, yeah, I've I've let I've let a few like the garage, like things like that. Like I've let things slip in just my life. You've been pushing everything in there yeah, for a yeah. while. Like yeah, I magic need magic cards. I Ultimate need do, masters boxes. I need to do stuff. <laughs> I, I need to do normal adult stuff for a little while. <laughs> but, but no, but honestly, for honestly, your channel, honestly, I think yeah.
2: you know a lot of people are wondering if you have any plans, uh, you know, for Jumbo Commander, you know, now that. You're not going to be on the command zone oh, yeah. every week. Uh, yeah, you got anything spicy you can tell us?
1: So I want to make more deck techs, but also I've, I've had some things that I've been aspiring to do. And I haven't really found the way to do it right. You kind of start doing something and you're like, ah, this isn't this isn't very good. So I want to expand out and do more stuff that isn't just deck techs and talk about Commander in general a little bit and find interesting ways to put that together in videos. And then also, I honestly just like playing Singleton for fun and it's not that hard to record it and throw that up on there. So if you like Singleton, it just might show up on my channel, not because like I'm changing to like do arena content or someone sponsoring me. No, I just really like playing singleton and I, I have OBS. I can just record and we can hang out.
2: Very cool. Okay. Number 14, any final thoughts or reflections on your time here with us? Any parting words for the command zone faithful?
1: Yeah, it's really about the command zone faithful. Really. It's the people. And remember, like part of my, my story to begin with is I came to magic to make friends and I have made so many friends, so many good people. And I think that that's what brings people to magic in general is that you are out there and you meet people and they're, they're fun and they're smart and they're passionate. And this game kind of ties people together. And so I want to thank all you for being awesome to me and, and being my friends. Um, But also like be good to each other because we're all playing this game and there's a lot of really awesome people out there. And you know, that's what makes this game really special.
2: Well, I just want to say DJ, it's been great. And you'll always be part of the command zone family. Thanks. So everybody out there, please uh, follow DJ on Twitter at jumbo commander because he's one of us. All right. Oh, I almost forgot. Sorry. Um, the most asked questions by far, (laughs) So when we put out the thing on Twitter and on Patreon, we're like, hey, what questions do you want to ask DJ? The most asked questions, like 80% of them were, when are you going to be on extra turns? We've answered that one.
1: Uh, In the past.
2: Yep, a few days ago. When are you going to be on game nights? I give you permission to let them know.
1: Uh, I'm going to be on game nights. The next one. The next one. We're, We're filming.
2: The next official one there's a small chance there may be one in between that what? one that's like um <laughs> uh, it's hard to explain but he's gonna be on the Ravnica Allegiance episode of yes!
1: Ravnica Allegiance yes
2: so that has already been set up we're all set DJ is gonna be one of the guests he'll be at the table with Jimmy and me and an unknown fourth guest well unknown to you it's known to us um but the game night thing is happening I know you all have been frustrated but I'm glad you've been patient it's a complicated thing. That's it's, all I can say. It's very complicated. We've been trying to make it happen. It's just not as easy as y'all think. So. I, I
1: also tell Josh, I'm like, look, I'm I'm local. Like, you know, I'm always here to help out with the command zone. So,
2: And I think definitely there's a good chance DJ will be on future episodes, not just this one, extra turns. You know, there's a lot of chances. And that's one of the reasons we say that um, DJ is going to continue to be involved with our content, you know, as much as we can. So, yeah, that's it. To the listeners, do you have – any further questions for DJ? You know, I'm sure you you I'll answer
1: them I'll answer them in the comments. You're pretty diligent no, about checking the I, I read all I read all the comments, yeah. but you sometimes sometimes well, sometimes it gets overwhelming. You have amazing fans <laughs> <laughs> so so sometimes i will just go through and just like read them all rather than rather than being active they'll try if and you, answer some in the content if comments. you leave it down below i'll answer the questions for this episode
2: also like i said if you follow him on twitter or, or just want to tweet at him yeah. at jumbo commander that's a good chance to uh, get your questions answered and yeah man i just want to say thanks for doing such an awesome job um
1: well thank you i had so much fun I it's had a lot great. of fun.
2: It's been great. I hope we can get you back in this chair, you know, with Jimmy, with me, with all, with maybe all three of us sometimes. Uh, I know the fans will like it, and I know everybody out there really appreciated your time here. Oh, in fact, okay. haha! You guys were all going crazy that I did not open this box topper uh, on that episode with the box topper. And as a token of our gratitude here at the Command Zone, I want to give this box topper to DJ as a thank you on the condition that he opens it on this episode. Okay. DJ. I will, I will,
1: open, that I is will our, open this. That is our
2: thank you to you. I will the open card this inside stirring is yours. Wildwood right
1: here.
2: Come on. What are we hoping for? Liliana? What,
1: uh, well, Tarmogoid? no, but see, I, 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 I'm a commander player. Like, I would like a Liliana or a Tarmogoyd. You can turn it
2: into two of whatever you really want. No,
1: I want to treasure this okay. card. So what do we... I think it's
2: Mana Vault then, or oh, maybe. I would uh, like a Mana Vault. Right Demonic Tutor is pretty good.
1: Demonic Tutor. Uh, Snapcaster. That's a good one. Snapcaster is a good one too.
2: Okay, here we go. Don't bend it as you open it. I know, right? This is the one that we tried with the flashlight to see inside of. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's being so careful I'm being
1: about it. being so careful. The suspense, Josh. The
2: suspense. I'm not look- By the way, I'm not looking at okay,
1: it. Okay, reveal. Looking at- I'm not looking at it. Well, that was way. interesting because I can't see it By now. the way, I still can't see it. They see it. Oh Explo- engineered, engineered explosives. explosives. That's
2: one of the more uh valuable it is. Ones. It's one of the
1: more valuable ones. Ooh, By the way, sweet. the art on this is pretty crazy. It's gonna be up on the screen yeah. right now. You can see it just exploding off the sides. Do you know what? This is in this is my cube. Oh Eng- perfect. EE runs He runs in the cube. Nice. Oh, it's so, pretty good in cube in oh, general. <laughs> oh yeah. Where you can splash colors is really good. Thank you, Josh. Of course.
2: Well it's from all of us here at the command zone. Thank you, DJ. We do appreciate all your hard work. Hey, listen, if you guys want to get a hold of a box topper of your own, all you got to do is go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, type in Ultimate Masters Booster Box, you get a box topper with the box. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's probably better if you want a specific one to just order that card, but you can order the specific card at Card Kingdom also or anything else that you want because you'll be getting the card you want for your cube, for your commander deck, whatever, and you will be simultaneously supporting our content. We really do appreciate it. And while you're there... Because, I mean, you're going to have to put this thing in a sleeve. Immediately. It must go into a sleeve. So I'll give you... We have some Eclipse sleeves over here, which I will give you one to put the Engineer explosive in because we want to keep that thing safe. Exactly. Yeah. So make sure to check out UltraPro products. And in fact, they have some awesome stuff that you can give away for the holidays as well, uh, like the Relic Tokens and other cool oh, things yeah. that they've got. So check out Ultra Broke products while you're at your LGS or, or at Card Kingdom or wherever you're at. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic... DJ, this is your last end step ever.
1: Josh put a lot of pressure on me about yeah, nope. this end step. I was because like, it better he was be good. Like, he's like, he, literally, he's like, "It's better be good. Come up with something just like amazing to you. But no pressure. And, and no you pressure. know what? No, I'm not having any pressure because I'm, I'm just going to say the thing that I would normally say. And it is definitely something I love. But Josh is going to be like, what the what? That was the last... End step ever. I know okay. he's gonna say he's gonna say that. Okay, something I love and something I'm super excited about. Um, have you ever heard of the TV show called The Great British Bake Off?
2: <laughs> what the what? Yes, I've heard of it. Yes. But...
1: <laughs> That's your last. End this step. is my last end step. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, so here is why I love this TV show. Number one, it's on Netflix, so you can see it. But also. <laughs> What it is, is it's a bunch of people in England think that they're the best baker. And they come together for a reality show. But actually what I love about it is that it is not a really a reality show. I don't like the reality shows in the United States because they have these personal interest stories and I feel like my emotions are being manipulated in i really do they are where it's like they totally are like you're learning about this you're like learning about this person and then like suddenly you realize that their life has been destroyed ravaged by horrible circumstances and
2: fyi movies and tv shows are doing that too but i know
1: but honestly like the people are genuine they're nice to each other like they love baking so much they bake the most ridiculous things in the world and honestly it has me feeling like christmas a little bit when people like bake things and i love christmas so much you do Josh, love christmas so can you much tell?
2: i can see it I,
1: I love do you know why i love christmas uh nope go ahead everyone's nice to each other and everyone's happy just People say hi and thank you and happy holidays wherever you go. And it might be fake. The pragmatic Josh over there is saying like, yeah, I just say it so that people do. I don't know. It's but
2: tis the season.
1: There's, yeah. But there's some many people out there that are you just You know it's fake. You know how you know it's fake? Because they're ringing a bell and they want a donation. Because it doesn't happen the like rest of the year. <laughs> Oh, the people aren't. The, yeah. No, but here's the thing. It's it's like a feedback loop where basically some one person is fake, and then it makes someone else genuinely happy. And it's then that it thing spreads. where if you
2: smile, it actually makes you happy. Actually, yeah, yeah. that's that's true. That's and a, that's real a thing. reason why yeah. to
1: like be happy at these games will make you enjoy Commander better. Okay. So so I love the great I love Christmas. I love the Great British Bake Off. That's the moral of this
2: story. <laughs> By the
1: way, do you know what the prize is at the end?
2: Uh, I forget. It's like. Uh,
1: I don't know. I the prize we, we've watched a, a couple is a cake plate. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's it's it. literally nothing. It <laughs> just is like this plate that says Great British Bake Off on it and people are so happy about it. You've watched it.
2: Oh yeah, Elle likes it a lot. My girlfriend likes it. So we'll we we'll watched it sometime. What did you
1: think about it honestly?
2: It's fine. I'm not a big reality cooking show person cuz I can't taste the food. I I don't mind like I, mean, I, agree with you, I don't I agree mind the that. singing shows as much like the voice and stuff, because at least I can hear the music and make a judgment on what I think is good or not and if I agree with the judges. But the, mm-hmm. the, the, the food shows, I'm just totally lost because it's like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no way to know what that tastes like, so I can't have an opinion.
1: It looks good, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it does make me hungry, which is another thing I don't need. <laughs> All right. Oh, so not that we haven't done this a few times, but really, 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 really this is like your final chance to be reminded to go to jumbo commander on youtube you just type in jumbo commander and subscribe to dj's channel you know he's not going to be on the command zone every week anymore but you can still see him every week or is it every week oh yeah it's every week so you can still get your dj fix every single week you just got to subscribe to jumbo commander which is dj's channel and you know Hey, I watch DJ's channel for deck techs and stuff so I can steal his ideas and then pawn them off as my own. That means you should watch it too. Okay, something else you should watch is our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. They got a lot to talk about because that $10 million prize pool that was announced and all the changes to the Pro Tour system. In fact... I think after next year, there's not even going to be what's called a Pro Tour. They're totally changing it. It's cool. If you haven't heard, you should look it up. There's going to be, it's called Mythic Championships. There's going to be a league. They're going to have players under contract. It is a huge reworking. The biggest maybe reworking of the Magic Competitive scene ever.
1: I think so, yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty crazy. So Alex and Ben, I'm sure they'll be covering all that stuff. You can find the Masters of Modern on YouTube. Just type that in the search bar or right next to us at Collected.Company.
1: Our editor is Josh Murphy. Murph. Love you, Murph. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG. What do we have today? Pendlehaven, I Pendlehaven. Gorgeous.
2: Great work as always, Jeffrey. All right, everybody.
1: Thanks for watching. Bye, everyone.
2: Peace.